And God doesn't care about stuff. He'll give you stuff. But that shouldn't be what moves you. What we should be moved by is the spiritual blessings in particular, more importantly, and also the emotional. To have a clear conscience. Paul says, I'm a, I always work hard to keep my conscience before God and before man. That, that's having a high EQ, you know, an emotional quotient. He, he knew that I had to be right before man as well as God. You can't be right before just God and, and to hell with men. Uh-uh. You're saying to hell with the people that Jesus died for. No, you, you have to be right with men. Have a clear conscience. Emotionally, right? To, to maximize an overflow life, we have to pray, but we have to pray with pure motives. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all other things will be added unto you. Correct? Huh? So we, we, we come and seek his kingdom and bring God the glory. And then we pursue something beyond that. It's called intimacy. Yada. Amen? Yada. And that's what God wants us to be intimate. And we're not just talking about, well, I know Jesus and, and I come to church every Sunday. No, no. That's not intimacy. That's, that's a, a one little small portion that may be a part of your intimacy. But it's way deeper than that. Right? It's way deeper than that. Intimacy, yada. The word that the Hebrews use, yada, as intimacy, is the same word they use when a, when a man and woman first come together after marriage. Intimacy. Right? Unfortunately, most feel, you know, they're just bench warmers in a game. Right? They, they come to church, they sit on the bench, they watch the game, they cheer Jesus, they praise the Lord, and they go back because the game is over. And they walk home, they talk to the wife, wasn't that a great game? Yeah, it was a great game. As if they just watched the Raiders beat the Broncos or something like that. They're, oh, isn't that a great game? Wonderful game. This is not a game. You're not a bench warmer. Right? We're all in this game. Right? We, they kept saying at the, at the, at the, at the mighty men, uh, at the, uh, David's mighty men, put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. You know, I never wanted to be a bench warmer. I, I, I made sure that I, I, could, I could ball, I could play, right? Because I wanted to be picked first. You know how like Curry and, 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 and KD, they had the, the basketball, and, and, and they, they voted all the people, but Curry and KD had to pick. I didn't want to be the last one picked. And then, then you're there, and you're, you're like never picked because you knew you couldn't play ball. You stunk. We didn't want to give you the basketball. You, you didn't want to dribble, Right? Well, see, we should be that kind of Christian, like, put me in, coach. When, when do I get my shot? Not like, oh, it's a great game. I'm going to go home and eat now. So when Chucky came to me, he says, you ready to go to India? I go, man, what are you talking about? I've been waiting for this all my life. Huh? I didn't know I was waiting for it. But when you mention, now that you mention, I've been waiting for this all my life. Where else are we going to go? India? How, how far is Russia from India? I don't know. Where else are we going to go? Right? Why? Because that's what we do. That's who we are. That's who this pastor is. My pastor was the first one to go to Europe. He was the first one to go to Asia. And he was the first one to go to Africa. That man. Huh? Why? Because we were stepping, when you ain't got favor, you're stepping into new territory. Joshua 1.3 says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Now, when 
I read that, I said, wait a minute, that's me. Because I like those kind of scriptures. Other people like other scriptures. Oh, I, oh, that's my favorite scripture, you know. And I go, no, I like this scripture. Because that means I get to go places. That means I get to take things. I, you know, I can like spiritually pull a heist. You don't think I don't? Because so when I come into a neighborhood and it's drug infested and the devil's there, I'm getting ready to pull a heist right now. Right? Because I know there's people that are hurting, right? The devil's got them. They're, they're his slaves. All I know is I got to get my feet right there. I don't care if it's India. All I got to do is get my feet there. Because once I get my feet there, when I, once I land in Mumbai, it's mine. I stole it. Either the Bible is true or it's not. If it's true, then wherever I step. Why do you think I'm, 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 hit, I'm hitting Indonesia? It's mine. Right? I used to ask God, you know, can you bless me? You know, I, I need my cars all jacked up. It's a hoopty, barely makes it to the wrong corner. Can you give me another car? And th- those were my limited prayers. And God said, come on, is that all you want? I don't shifted it. God, give me a city, give me a country, give me a continent. Because I believe that. Why? Because that man, Pastor Sonny, jacked me up. He doesn't mess me up. Huh? He tells Joshua, not only where you will go, he says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Don't you, don't you like that? Maybe it's just me. But it says, no one. How many people? No one. No one. See, if you want to walk in God's favor, we talk about give me your favor. What, do you, what, what should we want God's favor for? If it is not to take back what the devil stole. If it is not to redeem the lost. If it is not to deliver those possessed by drugs and alcohol, which is basically those that are, drug, are possessed by witchcraft. Because that's what it is. We're fighting a, a, a spiritual war, and the devil has ushered in his agents, his modern-day witches, his modern-day warlocks, which are those dope dealers. They think they're bad. I ain't bad. Huh? And there's casualties in this battle. The devil got my son. You know, you think that you think I ain't mad? You think you're gonna make me quit? Oh no, the devil got my boy. No, nah, man. I, I can't. I, that just got me. Even I want to say another word, but I'm behind the pulpit, so I better be careful. So I get in front of the pulpit and say it. Amen. <laughs> devil done mess mess the wrong dude. You done mess the wrong dude, right? So I got to do more, because you can't fight. I can't. Even though I want to go over there and knock out the DA? Oh, it's on the tape. Hey, Dan. I want to knock him out. I can't. But I can go to India and win more souls. Because it's ultimately the devil who does it. I know my, my battle is not against flesh and blood. But it's against powers and principalities in heavenly places. So I know where the battle lies. So I take my frustration, I take my anger where it belongs. On the devil. On the devil. So that's what we're called to do. 
So, but, see, Joshua, like us, like you, if we're going to live in his favor, he had to advance to take possession. He could just sit around and, 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 and you know, watch Benny Hinn on TV. He had, to, he had to personally advance, take possession. He had to cross the Jordan River at high tide. Boom, he had to face giants that were waiting for him in the land. He had to advance. He had some battles ahead of him. And some people were, were chickening now, were getting all nervous. And that's when Joshua, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You could be a punk, but after me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That other part I added, but was the, the first part was good. So we see God's continual assurance of his continual presence as we keep focusing on what God wants us to do. Like Joshua and others after him, we have territory given to us. We have territory given to us. That's what I, you got to understand something. And every time I hear Sister Julie up there said, you know, God's going to give us treasures out of darkness, right? And that's very simple. It doesn't make a, uh, take a scientist. We don't have to do anything other than go to where they're at. Because the promise is clear. It doesn't say you're going to have to go get and find and make, and, and make treasure all darkness. No, all you, God said he's going to give you. Right? And how did that happen? I don't know. Maybe some girl was locked up in prison and called us one time wanted to go home. Why? Because God said he's going to give me. I don't know what happened. Maybe somebody was locked up in the joint, one brother named Jamar, and they said, hey, you know, I got to come out, and can I go? Oh, yeah, you can come on in. Why? We didn't do nothing for that one. Why? Because God said he's going to give me. Yeah. Huh? Right? Maybe Israel running around smoking, smoking crack or meth or whatever he was doing, because I know he was doing something, amen? And he called, he said, hey, I need to change, I need to do something. And can I come into your program? I heard about your program, you're locked up with CJC. Hey, can I come on, can I come on in? Oh, yeah, come on in. Why? I didn't do nothing with that. Because God is going to give me. See, all I have to do is be in position to get it. See, now you want God's favor. Well, you're under our anointing, our blessing. You have to get in position to get it. Don't expect it to just get it when you're at McDonald's. The only thing you're going to get there is indigestion. You have to go and be positioned to get it. Because our promise is, I will give you treasure of darkness. But it doesn't stop there. Then he says, I will also give you riches stored in secret places. What does that mean? I don't know, but it sounds good. Riches stored in secret places. I'm, all I got to do is get in position to get it. Right? And, and so I left everything in California, got here, and guess what? Literally. And these, and these guys who've been with me, why? No. Somebody called, hey, you want this house? Yeah. Here you go, boom. What we do, we fix it up, we sell it, right? To keep the church going, keep the ministry going. I didn't go make some kind of miraculous, strategic real estate deal and conduct business. And I also uh, so much brain and, and my strategy created or something. No, no, it was nothing like that. He said, hey, you want this? Okay, mm, you got it. The B Street home. Some guy who, was, who used to be in our church, he called. He goes, my grand, oh, I'll tell you that story. You want to tell you that story? He goes, my, my, grand, my father-in-law, he has a house in B Street. Right? 
I go, yeah, what's wrong? He goes, but he can't live in it. I go, why can't he live in it? Because he's got uh, uh, grandkids in there, and they're all strung out on dope. And they won't pay him no money. And they're turned into a shooting gallery. And it's a mess. Can you help me? I go, well, what do you want, what do you want me to do? He says, if you can get him out, he'll sell it to you for real cheap. Because he needs some money. And I go, really? Let's go check this out, right, Jose? Well, Larry was there too, remember? Okay. Let's go, let's go check out his house, man. I think we can get a house. So we go down there, turn, 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 and we've seen it. It was, it was like bad. So I said, okay, how do I get these guys out of here? I'm going to talk about how God gives you things when you're in position. I go, okay, how do I get these guys out of here? At, this time, at the time, I had a guy who was a, a security guard. Rocky. Remember Rocky, Frank? Rocky. Remember Rocky, how he was? He went to do another, he's doing another ministry in Texas right now, but Rocky. Right here, and he, but he had a security guard. He had a gun. He used to be a federal rally from Mexico. Rocky. I go, Rocky, I got something for you, dude. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to get these guys out of here. I'm going to write like an official letter, right, saying uh, this is to inform you that, that you've been evicted from this property. You have, you know, 20, uh, whatever. I don't even know how many hours I got, 48 hours to, to leave the property. And we had no legal authority. It just sounded good, right? I go, these guys are crackheads in there. They don't, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to watch, watch, watch. You know, and then they're not on, they're on math. They're all, Whoa. right? And then, so we'll get them out. So we, we wrote the letter. I gave it to Rocky. Rocky had his gun, his cuete, and his, and his uniform. It was a security, you know, he was a rent-a-cop. He wasn't a real one. He was a, he was a, he was a make-believe perpetrator, but he could carry, right? So he goes to the door, and he hands him the paper, right? And he's real, Rocky's smooth, you know, he's real suave. Mexicano guy, he was suave, right? He gave him, the, gave him it, and then he walks away. Within like five hours, these guys packed up and rolled out, man. They were like, ah, they were running. They were going like that. And I go, check that out. Riches stored in secret places yeah. in a crack house. That place was so bad, they were raising dogs in the basement or something. It was awful. We had to, it was so bad, we had to take all the carpet out, cut the sheetrock off to about this one because it was messed up. But we took all that out. We cleaned it up. We used it for the home for about, what, two years? You were in the home in there, huh? Yeah. We used it for about two or three years, and then we sold it to put it into the, to the ministry. Richard, see, but my point is what? If you want to be in God's favor, you have to position yourself to receive it. You have to get under a blessing to be blessed. See, you don't, when the misconception is Christians play, God bless me, bless me. No, no, no. You have to pray, God, put me where you're blessing. Because huh? God's presence isn't everywhere. Huh? Remember, remember when they were carrying the ark? And, and, and Uzzah died because he touched the ark and they left it there at the guy's house? What it said? It said the presence of God was there and blessed him. When David heard about it three months later, he goes, hold up, man. I got to go get the blessing. That's when he went back. He said, I got to, sorry, bro. I know Obadiah, Obiak, some weird name, right? He goes, I know you've been here. You're blessed, man, but I got to take his ark. David knew I got to go get the blessing. I got to go to where the blessing's at. Then they took the ark back. But it said as the presence of God remained there, that's where God's blessing I'm going to tell you something. Your blessing is not necessarily at your house. 
Not until you get the, the anointing or the presence there. How do you get it there? You got to get under the blessing. I learned that real quick. Real quick. That's why, that's why I follow Pastor Sonny. That's why Nick is my mentor. Right? That's why I do what I do. I was trained that way. God blessed Joshua for his purposes. God blessed me for his purposes. He doesn't bless me because he wants me to have a 75-inch Samsung TV. Now, I like a 75-inch Samsung TV like the rest, of, like everybody else, right? Come and watch a good football game. So I'm good with that. But that's not why God blesses you. That's like, a, that's like the, the after effect of God's blessing. God blesses you because he wants to see what you do for others. It's always about others. It's always about his purpose. It's always about what God is into. What is God doing in our life? What is God doing in your life? What are you doing? If, what will you do if God blesses you? That's the real question. Hmm? Do we want to be in his favor? Hmm? So we have to enlarge our influence. That's part of our blessing. Well, Isaiah 54, 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtain wide. Do not hold back. Strengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. So notice the five plan there, right? And a part of our plan. Enlarge, stretch, release, lengthen, strengthen. Enlarge. We enlarge our tent. Stretch. Huh? Stretch those tent curtain wide. Hold, don't, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. That, that speaks of getting prepared and preparing the leadership. Because now we don't have to worry about tent poles or, or, or stakes or ropes here because we have a building. But in those days, they had to get a tent and they had to pull the rope, pull the rope, and then stake them in. Pow, bam, right? That represents the leadership. Because if the leadership aren't in place and they're not staked strong and they're not stretched wide, they can't hold up a big tent. Especially in Colorado, I dare you to put up a tent this summer without staking it down. It'll be flying down the road before you know it, because Colorado, the weather changes like that. I had, me and my, we had a tent one time in our backyard. At that time, we lived on um, over by Jetwing. Never forget, nice. It was like a big old canopy, beautiful. Uh, and I, you know, I'm just from California. I don't know. I don't know what camping is. What's camping? I don't know what camping is. I thought camping was going to like the Motel Six, right? So we put that, 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 that um, canopy up there. Nice. I go inside. And all of a sudden, like that, the wind came. It, you know how it comes in Colorado? It just comes. Next thing I knew, I look out the window from the second floor. I look. I see this big old beautiful canopy just flying over the fence. Boom. Just took off. Just go. Remember <laughs> just I go, ah, what happened? I didn't stake it down. I didn't know you had to stake it down. I know now. So that's what, just like a church. If we don't have strong leaders and stake them down, the church could just fly away. Uh, we need strong leaders. Because we're going to enlarge ourselves. We're going to be influenced, right? So I want to live in the blessings of God. But some people, and I would say, you know, that, that's like a trick, trick question. Every one of us want to live in God's blessing, Right? Well, there's one, what, the rest of you want to live in this curse? Or? Okay. That's like a trick question. We all want to live in his blessing. But sometimes we do things that block it. I want your blessing, God. But 
I want you blessing God, but you know, I'm introverted and I'm shy. Garsh. Right? And I don't understand that. When when you're young, it's okay. But you know what? That's no excuse. You want you gotta get out of yourself. Amos tried that with God in the book of Amos. God said, just 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 do what I say. Okay, God, what do I do, right? Gideon, I'm the least of my family. I'm the least of the least of my family. Matter of fact, my family's the least, and then I'm the least of the least of the least. What can I do, God? First of all, you can shut up. Moses tried. He was in the desert for 40 years. He goes, God, 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 God I've been around, around, around the sheep, and, and I, can't, I can't talk. Well, God, 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 God. You know, I just talk like a bad. I'm a God, the sheep are in me. Moses looked. At that time, God got mad and almost wanted to kill him. He take him out. His wife had to step in, but that's another story. But Moses was all, I can't, I can't. Why, what? And then he goes, oh, what will I say? Finally, God got tired. He said, you know, shut up, Aaron. You're going to speak for him. But you're still going to go, Moses. You're going to go. Just shut up. Timothy, why? Why, Paul? Why did you leave me? Why? Paul had to tell me, I think God didn't give us a spirit of timidity, timidity or, or fear. God gave us a spirit of uh, a sound mind. God gave it, said, you, yeah, I, I, he gave you strength. What kind of a man are you, Timothy? So we all have the overwalk. Uh, and then you, you want to walk in God's blessing. Why? Because I'm just so humble and lovable. You're not underdog. Hmm? No, you got to get out of yourself sometimes. You just got to do what God, God called you to do. Huh? Jeremiah. Well, they call him the weeping cry uh, prophet, the weeping cry prophet. That's what they call him. Why? Because he was a sniveller. <laughs> and this guy said, well, that's not an excuse. I'm going to tell you. I'll go, go ahead, cry, you big chion. But after you're done, you're going to say this. So that's for all you people who are shy. Right? Right? Got to preach the gospel. See, you know, being shy is tolerated like when you're young, like my grandbaby, Crystal. I'm shy. Oh, she's so cute, because she's so cute, right? She, baby, little girls or little boys, they can be shy. But dude, you got a full beard. You, you got to use four sticks of deodorant before you walk out the door. You ain't, you ain't yet that young no more, man. You better get out of it. If you want to live in God's favor. Huh? No, no, no. Being shy is not, not a reason. We use that as an excuse. See, if faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, then eventually the introversion that will kill your potential must come out. Can I say that again? If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, in other words, if you're, you're hearing the Bible, you're hearing, uh, eventually, if even the most introverted, if they really want to walk into God's presence and blessings, eventually that introversion that will kill your potential will come out. Hello? My wife never said a word. Right there, can I say this? I can tell. I got the mic. She was so quiet. Really, I know it's hard to believe, but she was quiet. When I met her, she was like, wouldn't say nothing. 
And I go, and some from my friend, my family goes, does she talk? I go, yeah, she talks, she talks. She goes, well, why don't you say that? Hey, go talk to her. I did, she just, uh, yeah, yeah, Oakland. Yeah, 13 families, 13 kids in the family. That's about real, that's it, she's real shy. All of, but the, the anointing, after hearing the word, after hearing the word, being preached to, after hearing the word, all of a sudden the anointing of God started falling upon my wife. Huh? She starts getting up there. I remember one time I was preaching, I go, Deborah, come up here and make the uh, end in prayer. And I just said, end in prayer, the first time it ever happened. I go, why don't you end in prayer? She started ending in prayer. All of a sudden she started preaching. Boom, I'm looking at her like, what the heck is going on here? She started calling people up, man. She laid, I go, who is that woman? After the service, everybody, I go, that was pretty heavy. <laughs> Thought you were introverted. She wasn't intro introverted no more. Because uh, that'll kill your potential. And, and that leads to that person who thinks, well, I don't have no gifts. You know, woe well, is me. I have no gifts. I'm just me. I have no gift. I can't do really nothing, much of nothing. I can't sing. I can't write. I can't do nothing. No, no, no. That is impossible. You may not know your gift. That's possible. But there is no such thing as an ungifted believer. No such thing. You, so I, I've known people, there's probably someone here right now who has never played an instrument in their life, but always wanted to, right? But the belief in your mind that you're ungifted kept you. Listen, God is going to set you free because that's your talent. That's your desire. You got to step through it. See, that'll ruin, that, that, that mindset will kill your potential as well. Huh? So the, the, the idea that, that our Lord would, would save somebody and leave them with no gift is a complete lie. Huh? In fact, I'll say this. This is my favorite scripture. For consider your calling, Paul tells the Corinthian church in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 26. He goes, consider this, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Why? Because people know who you are. They say, oh, that person ain't got no gift. But God knows what's inside you. He goes, that's why he's going to call you. Oh, they may say you got nothing in there, but God's going to stir it up. Why? Because God doesn't call the professors and the doctors and the lawyers. No, my friend, he comes down in the dirt and the muck and the mire. He went down to, to, to some fishermen that stunk like fish. And you know how fish can stink, right? He goes, and I called you. huh? He went down to a, a, an IRS tax agent. For the, for the government that everybody hates. He goes, I know everybody hates you and you're, you got a, a heart in there, but I know what's inside there. There's a gift in you. And he began to stir the why? Because he doesn't call those who think they're all that in a bag of chips because there ain't no, no such thing. He calls those that are confound the wise. He's called the foolish things of the earth. The foolish things, right? Because he has dropped something in you that only he knows. It's in there. Oh, it's in there. 
We don't know how to get it out, but God does. We don't know what you're going to do, but God does. Why? As long as you get into what God's blessing, it's his job to give it to you. Huh? There's no such thing as an ungifted Christian. Huh? And, and that also leads to the fact that some people are just afraid to fail. Oh, what if I try and I don't make it? I've actually heard people tell me, I want to go to church and I want to accept God. But I'm afraid I'll backslide. They don't and destine themselves for hell. They want to get saved, but they're afraid they'll backslide. Fear is a cruel taskmaster. Huh? Fear will make you do things that you never think, never once thought you could do. Fear. Hmm? So this is a result of a person's sole custom to their comfort zone. They feel inadequate in any other place. Well, I'm good at this. I'm good. I, this, is, this, this is what I am. I am what I am, and that's, I'm Popeye, the sailor man, right? That's it. No, 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 no. No, no. You have to get out of your comfort zone. Because if you're going to do something great for God, um, let me let you in on a secret. It's not going to be comfortable. <laughs> it's not going to be comfortable. Are you kidding me? God's not going to send you to, to the Wyndham Hotel to sit down there at the, at, at the pool and just drink lemonade. That's not God. It's the devil. God's going to send you somewhere where it's not going to be too comfortable. And fear is going to be your worst enemy. Fear. Uh, and so if you're afraid to fail, how can you do anything for God? Because God has a, needs people to say, don't be afraid to fail. Be afraid not to try. Be afraid of never giving an opportunity. Be afraid of that. Don't ever be afraid to fail. Because when you're walking in God's presence, right, there's no such thing as failure. None. Don't be afraid to fail. Got to step out. Because that's where the blessing's at. Uh, Psalms 18, 28 Written by a man who had failed. He says, you, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against any troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Huh? And oftentimes, you have to scale the wall. So many people have walls built up, walls built up, walls. They've been hurt by this guy, hurt by that girl, hurt by this, burnt by this, not this, all the things. You know what I'm talking about? You guys got a list longer than mine probably, but you got so many walls. And you go, ah, no one's going to ever hurt me again. Huh? You think you're Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it? Huh? What's love but a second-hand emotion? No one's going to burn me. No one. Wall. That's a wall. That kind of person can never accomplish anything with God. Nothing. You got to get over those walls. If you want to walk into the blessings, you want to have a vision, you got to get over those walls. Because with God, because that may have happened to you. 
Did that happen to you? Don't raise your hand. But if it did happen to you, oftentimes that often happens when you weren't following God properly. And if you weren't following God properly, good for you. That's what you get. Right? That's what you get. You, 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 you went there. But this is a different game. It's a different time. It's a different place. You got to get over those walls. Or worse, you're one of those people who, who have to be in control. They're reluctant to surrender control. Because some people need to be in control to feel secure. I'm in control. I'm my own man. I don't follow nobody. I only follow God. Me and God. Omnipotent God. And it's just you and God, and nobody likes you. Doesn't work that way. Uh-uh. God is not into Lone Ranger Christians. He had one Lone Ranger Christian. And he wasn't really a Christian yet because they hadn't really came up with the, with the uh, concept of Christian, but he was a Lone Ranger. That was John the Baptist. And they cut his head off. At least he was, you know, John the Baptist, right? I like John the Baptist. John the Baptist is good. If you're going to be like John the Baptist, okay, because you have to be headed in the right direction. Amen. <laughs> but you got to be able to surrender control. Huh? Because some people think that God will take away everything they cherish. Because, you know, we preach it, right? You got to give it all up. And, and, and when you really think about the, each individual and you look at what they have and what they, you know, what they work for. And if I say, you got to give it all up. And then instantly, without us saying, I become your adversary. Because I'm saying, what do you mean? What you talking about, man? Give all of what? You know how hard I work for my stuff? You know? You know, you know how long I did what I did, and you're saying to, to give it all up? Huh? And all of a sudden, with, without intention, there's an adversarial relationship between the pastor and his proclaim for the call, and the parishioner and his, their proclaim for their possessions. There's the battle. There's the battle. And that's not my war. That's between you and the Lord. Because God may have a call on your life. I recognize pretty quick that God had a call on my life. And I, I, I really relate to that, that battle. My wife knows. My goodness. Because I was into real estate. Bought and sold. Made a little bit of money before I came into the Lord. And then right after I got saved and God began to put a call. And I would negotiate for, with God for several months a contract that I had developed in my own mind, what I would do if he let me continue to operate in the businesses that I had. Because God had told me, get rid of all that stuff. Get rid of it. I want you to do this. And I knew I could, but, and I wanted to do that. Like, well, that's nice. And also, you know, my brand new 1990, what was it? At that time, it was 1986. My brand new 1986 LeBaron was saying, beep, beep. Oh, wow. It's a nice car. Go back over here. That's a nice car. But I really want to do this ministry, God. I go back over here. And I want to do this. And all of a sudden, 
Oh, how about the condo you just bought? Oh, yeah, the condo I just bought. Well, I got to go back over here. Oh, I really like this. But I, you can do this, do that. Oh, I like that. I go to these conferences. I go back over here. And I really want to do this. Oh, but what about the house on Teddy Drive? Oh, yeah, I got to go back over here. Are you with me? Or is that just me? So then you have these struggles. Why? It wasn't, and God didn't really care about any of that. It was an issue of my heart and being a person who didn't want to surrender. God doesn't want all that stuff. We do. He wants our surrender. Now that makes sense to some of you, but others of you, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Hang in there. You'll get yours. Amen? And that's the battle. Some people are reluctant to surrender control. But the Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 1, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. See, I was certain in what I saw. That's not faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hebrews 11, 6 reads, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Oh, let me see. But anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now that hit me and I go, darn it. That's why I shouldn't have been reading that Bible. It messed me up. Because I read it and I said, okay, wait a minute. Now it's challenging me. Okay, okay, all right. I got you. That's a good one. Because I would talk to God like that. I, didn't, I never went to church, never was raised in church. This was before I was a pastor or anything. I go, now that was a good one, dude. I never seen that one before. You got me. Because we're battling. I'm battling, right? I go, you got me. All right. Here it is. I'm going to sell all that stuff. Right? I'm going to sell it off. I'm going to divest the business. I'm going to get rid of my, uh, my, my real estate. I'm going to do everything I do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go all the way over here. And when I do that, if you don't come through, you're a punk and a liar. I see what you said. You said you're going to reward those who earnestly seek him. Okay, I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to hold you to it, dude. Now, I would talk like I didn't have a very good of an actor. I didn't have a good, good talk. I wasn't educated. And so I go, okay, I'm, I'm going to do that. So I went all in. I said, okay. So now I'm all in. I'm getting rid of everything. Boom, boom, because God's calling me. God's calling me. God's calling me. God's calling me. And I knew it. So I did it. So now I'm in the call, and I go, okay, now what? Remember the, or the story earlier? I am confident. I know without a shadow of doubt that the reason God began to give me houses was they've seen all my properties given to me. The dome, the, the spruce house, the, um, the B Street house, right? Redwood Road house, all of them. And the reason that happened is because it started back there. I said, okay. And then all of a sudden I remind her, you remember when I was all in? He's like, yeah, hang in. I got something for you. Now, he didn't feel like that, but I knew it. I go, okay. You know the home? We need a home? Okay, I get a phone call. Yeah, hey, I heard you. You need a home. That was quick. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I need a home. And he go, okay. Go to uh, 2818 North Nevada. I go, okay. Went there. Got a home. Huh? No, I'm letting you in on a secret here. Because most people just 
uh, most pastors will just want you to come to church and stay faithful, keep coming to church, keep coming to church, and keep you in church. And, and I want that too. But that's not why you're here. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to hook you up to the connection. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Right? In my connection, it's not stepped on. Mm-mm. It's pure. Uncut. Right? Ain't no filler. Ain't no powdered sugar. Ain't no lidocaine. No, it's uncut. Man, it'll make your, roll, your eyes roll back to your forehead. My, my stuff ain't uncut. So I'm hooking you up, man. I'm hooking you up. That's my job. My job ain't just to get you in the church. That's boring. My job is to get you in the church to get you out of the church. Yeah. Let me say it again. To get you into the church so that you can get out of the church and start walking in God's blessings and start walking in God's favor and start walking around like some, some, some kind of pit bull looking for a, for a steak, you know, and every soul is a big giant ribeye. Right? That's, what, that, that's my job. That's my job. Right? And so that's who we are. And that's where God's blessings at. Unless you just want to be, you know, some kind of person to come to church. Where you go? I'm going to church. What are you going to do? We're going to go, bless the Lord. Okay, let's go bless the Lord. Hallelujah. That ain't this kind of church. It'll never be that kind of church. We're going to come here. We come to church to get our marching orders. We come to church to learn what God has called us to do. We come to church to learn principles, brick upon brick. Precept upon precept. We don't come to church to get more spiritual, to get more intimate, to understand who God is, right? Right. So that you can grow up to be a man, a woman of God, so I can send you something somewhere all over the world. Some of you may stay when you go and stay, but most of you will just go and come back. Right? There's only a few. You know, not everybody's a special forces, you know. You have the army, right? You have a few special forces, you know. You have Marines, but not everybody's a Navy SEAL. No, Navy SEALs are some bad dudes, right? Not everybody's a Navy SEAL, but we need ours. But we can go out there and get on an aircraft carrier now and then. Go, Whoa, hey, see you later, man. That's a heavy aircraft carrier. That's, a, that's our role. That's who we are, man. You got to understand that. That's what makes us different. The guys know that. Oh, when you go to that conference, you'll know that. We're just a little peculiar. Right? See, the overflow given to a believer comes in a lot of areas as I'm coming in for landing and closing. See, despite who we are, and I know some of you may, may be perfect and like the Virgin Mary and got everything together, but for the rest of us, we're kind of messed up. So God comes... And he makes us messed up people. And he actually says this because he wants us to be in his, in his overflow. He says, I'm going to make you a high priest. Now, that's kind of heavy stuff to me. Right? He says, you are like this. You are chosen people. We're talking about Victor Arch. You're a chosen people. You're a kingdom of priests. You're God's holy nation. His very own possession. So God takes a people who are not a people, the foolish things of the world, to confound the wise. He brings them again. He goes, you're my people. You're my people. Huh? And I believe that. He brings us. Why? Because we walk in the overflow. We're not just 
believers, we're, we're not just people who call ourselves Christians, man. We're victory outreach. We're victory outreach, man. And we go out there, we reach souls for the honor and glory of God. We, we don't just talk and say, what would Jesus do? We act like Jesus. We, share, we shun sin. Huh? We rebuke perversion. We don't lie no more. We're holy people. We used to be like that. We're not like that no more. Huh? We're walking in God's overflow. We're walking in his blessings. Huh? That's what God wants us to be. Why? Because every believer is commissioned to make disciples. Make disciples. Go ye into all the world, right? Jesus tells them, all authority in heaven or on has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You got to understand, I'm kind of simple like that. When I read it, I believe it! I believe it! I couldn't settle just to stay in Colorado Springs. And I love Colorado. But let me tell you, if all there was was in Colorado, I would get bored. He said, make disciples of all nations. Why do you think I preach like I preach? And I scream like I scream? Because I believe it with all my heart. And as we walk like that, and we walk under his anointing, baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Then the Bible says that he confirms that every believer, you should have power to come on high. The power of the Holy Spirit shall fall upon you. Huh? Hey, listen, and it doesn't fall upon every believer because some believers are just fakes and frauds and full-time broads. No, he falls upon those believers who have sold out. He falls upon those believers who say, I'm in. I mean, I know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try it anyway. He falls on those believers that what do I got to do, Pastor? He comes into those believers that send me in, Coach. Where, where are we going? How much time? And then God looks down from heaven and he says, there's my child. There's my daughter. Holy Ghost, sick them. Get them. You think he's going to come on someone who complains? Well, I, I have a difference of opinion. And then we have to discuss the theology. Oh, shut up. Get out of here. Get out of my way. I got time to discuss your opinion and theology. I got an opinion. It's his. He's my, he's my leader. That's my opinion. Period. Go ye. Period. Get church of darkness, period. Make disciples, done. I don't care when you were saved, how you were saved, baptized in water, sprinkled in water. I don't care if they spit on you. What are you doing for Jesus? That's what I care about. What are you doing? Huh? See, the evidence of power. People say, oh, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, right. The evidence of power is that you become a witness. He said, I will give you power, and then you will become my witness. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, to be. It's not just a, a statement, to be. You have to be something before you know something to do something. See, Christians have it the other way around. They do something 
in an attempt to know something and never become something. Why? Because they're convinced that what they've done was enough. Oh, no, 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 no. It's backwards. You got to know. You got to be to know than to do. Ah, you have to be it. That word witness is a great word. Because we see witnesses as somebody who's, you know, hi, um, Jesus loves you. No, no. The word witness comes from the Greek word martas, which means a martyr. A martyr. He says, the power of God will come upon you and you will be my martyr. See, some people, they want to live for Jesus. They don't want to die for Jesus. A witness means you will be my martyr. Well, how do you think those guys of old, these, these great men of God, watchmen knee would spill their lives like a drink offering in China? Because they were already dead. Martyrs. You will be. And if, if you're not a witness for God, my friend, I hate to break this to you, and I love you very much, but you're not filled with the power. The Holy Ghost hasn't kind of power. I don't know what came upon you. Maybe it's a, a flu, a virus. But you have to do something for God. Because every one of us have no excuse. Because God, not only will he call you and, 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 and remind you that you must be a witness, a, a martyr for him. But he will give you everything you need to do it. He's not going to send you to battle unarmed, untrained. He's going to give you the best weapons, the most sophisticated. We were talking about military equipment. When I was in the military, we had a, we had a, a, a steel helmet with a liner. Now they have Kevlar. I go, wow, that's pretty heavy stuff. That, that might even, <clears throat> that might even block a bullet. <clears throat> Ours would just, would like, it go on the one side and go ding, ling, 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 while it's on your head. We didn't get that kind. I go, wow, that's pretty heavy. Well, God will give you spiritual Kevlar. Uh, he's not going to send you anywhere. Why? Because God created you for good works. <clears throat> he's going to give you wisdom, knowledge. Faith, healing, miraculous power, prophecy, discernment, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. God's going to give you every spiritual gift you will need to take you anywhere in the world. Anywhere. Why? Paul, when he's writing to the Ephesian church, he tells them, because you're God's workmanship. Mm. You were created in Jesus to do good things. He created you to do these things because he created these works in advance before you were born. So the mere fact that you're alive and listening to me today is evidence that God has a plan for you. Otherwise, you'd never be born. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying something. He'd have no need for you. We're not animals where we breed dogs. No, God's world is, is his purpose. So he has a purpose. I can imagine God in heaven saying, 
you know, I need this done. Or I'm going to use me, for example. I need, I need someone to go to the Philippines, Indonesia, and, and India in 2018. Oh, I know. I got a plan. I'm going to have Albert Sr., my dad, go chase Antonio around the bed so, they, so, they, so late, nine months later they can have little Albert Jr. Because Albert Jr.'s got a plan. Oh, he's going to go through some mess. He's going to end up in Victor Outreach. He's going to go to the Army and in Victor Outreach and go through some mess, go through some trials. But I had to get him to 2018 so I got, I got a purpose for him. That's why I didn't die, because I had a purpose. So God has a plan for you. We keep, we, we keep messing it up, shipwrecking it. Over what? Over a relationship? Over a pipe? Over a bottle of beer? What, what do we, we just throw it away? Flippantly. Huh? See, living in the overflow is a result of God's flavor, favor, right? Psalms 90, 13, as I close. Relent, O Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfying us in the morning with your unfading love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. For as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Living in the overflow. Before I make the altar call, I have an altar call. I'm going to have a prayer that we're all going to read together. Remember I told you about the envelopes? I need you to come up here and grab a color. Any color. You can start making your way now. Go to play a song. You can sing. Right? And start singing. You can come grab a envelope. 